0: We
1: are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with Andy.
0: How you going, boys? Just drinking a bit of milk today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, Corby.
0: Was that...
2: Hello, guys. Was that a slight joke? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, that no. That wasn't Is it coming back? Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know what? I'm going to save Andy by saying and playing this.
3: Called the green machine. We're the bad and mean.
1: Boys, I'm going to put that up there. I'm going to say it's the best NRL song. <laughs> it's catchy, as. It's so catchy. And going up, Corby, you're the same. You used to go for trips down at Bruce Stadium. It's the best.
2: Yeah, I love it. Brings back plenty of good memories in the 90s, going and watching the the Raiders. They were pretty good in the 90s too, so plenty of wins for them. Can we, yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh,
0: so can we end this podcast on like a Viking clap towards the end? <laughs> is
1: that another Jake, Corby? No,
0: oh, I don't know.
1: There's, There's i I'm just feeling tonight. good, guys. I'm feeling good. We'll bring back watch the word horrendous <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not lucky. All right, today's show, guys, we're going to be catching up with Raiders assistant coach Brett White. Before then, please head over to social media for our daily Player and team analysis, Facebook and Instagram. Find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. If you could share the show with your family and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page, we'd be much appreciated. And just a reminder the Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps are now open. So it's a 500 dollars first prize for the cash prize for the first place, and it also is free to enter. So please head over to talkingleaguepod.com for more info. All the information is also in your player notes on your podcast app. All right, let's get stuck in and now catch up with Brett White. All right, guys, joining me on the line is Canberra Raiders assistant coach, Brett White. Welcome, Whitey. Mate, thank you for having me on. It's good to be here to have a chat. Absolutely, mate. Now, mate, the last two seasons with the Raiders, ultra impressive, a grand final and then a prelim, especially with all the injuries that you had last year. But just between the whole coaching staff, especially between you and Stick, but what what do you think really takes the Raiders, now that you've achieved these two two little milestones, into that next level where you can actually win the comp now, Whitey.
3: Um, That's a good question. So, you know, I wish there was a simple answer to it. a um, made it? There's a, there's a lot of things. There's obviously uh, um, we've got some new guys coming in. How they they come in and what they add to the squad. Um, how the players themselves um, take on this preseason and this this challenge of the year in front and, and mm. do, do we want to get better? Do they want to get better um, yeah, from within? Um, there's a lot of things, you know, we're, we're working on um, some of our our, um, you know, our structures of our game and how we play um, and, and trying to find those one percenters. Yep. Um, but it's certainly a, a juggling act this pre-season with a shorter pre-season. Um, you know, we're lucky we haven't had a massive turnover in, in players. So we've got a bit of, um, consistency there, but but trying to push them and, and get them ready without breaking them. Um, we've got quite a lot of depth this year, but um, and we want to make sure that that's a strength of ours, and, and we go in with everyone fit and healthy and and fighting for positions. Um, so making sure we don't break the boys and um, yeah, end up with injuries and, and relying on our depth, but but using our depth as a um, you know a competition from within where they're 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 playing at their best and fighting. Um, Fighting for positions in and that, in that healthy uh, competition.
1: Definitely. Now, mate, Jared Croker shoulder surgery over the off season. How's he? He's getting close to round one.
3: Yeah, he started running, so he's back on the field running. Um, so that's a, a slow build up for him uh, coming back from that that um, big injury. So he's on track, I think, for the early rounds. Whether he makes round one, we'll, we'll wait and see over the next couple of weeks. It's I um, think see how things go in these uh, once he starts to. Do a bit of contact and, and how quick he um, gets his confidence up with using that shoulder will probably determine whether it's it's round one or it's uh, earlier earlier rounds in the season that he's uh, that he's back.
1: Yeah, Brett, I went to the last game, the, the round 20 game at, at Cocker against the Sharks, and Matt Timico really, really impressed me. What can you tell me a little bit about him? And there's also obviously Harley Smith Shields and also Sebastian Chris, the three young guys. What can you tell me a little bit about their pre-seasons?
3: Mate, they're all, all, uh, as I said the healthy fight for competitions. They're certainly in the, in the fight, the three of them. Um, and young Hopawati, Albert Hopawati, that's yeah. come and joined okay. as well. They're, they're young guys. They're all, um, you know, really been, um, great, uh, in the, in the, uh, junior grades coming through. Um, all of them, you know, probably been standout players in their, in their teams coming through and, and now, um, all come into, to fight for those positions. So, um, they've all, all bring their own little um, strength. Um, I guess Matty Tomoko is a, a very powerful, mm. um, strong ball runner, yeah. um, and and strong in contact, those sort of things. So, mate, he's um, they're all they're all fighting. It'd be interesting. I can't wait to see. Um, uh, Stick's got a few headaches ahead of him, and, and yeah. see who gets a jump on who um, in in a month's time. So, um, but they're all they're all fit, they're all healthy, and they're all fighting for positions.
1: Chance, over the last couple of years, obviously, been one of these standouts. But, you know, Adam Cook was his backup last year. You signed Caleb Atkins, and you've just mentioned, obviously, Abbott Hoppawati. You've got a stack of fullbacks there. Was that something that you kind of, you guys wanted to press the competition for Chance a little bit?
3: Yeah, well, we didn't have a lot of depth um, last year with that, uh, with the fullback role. Um, pretty much it was, it was Chance, and, and the outside of that, it was, you know, uh, trying to, um, make a fullback up out of, you know, like a um, rapper or um, having, you know, like Bailey S- Simmonson come in and, and yep. who weren't genuine fullbacks that you know, just try and fill a void there. So it was something we we knew in the off-season we had to um, had to get some depth in that place. So we're lucky that um, young Cookie got a run in the last round yeah. um, against Sharks and, and had a great game. So I guess that's given us a bit of confidence that, you know, to... Um, have him as a genuine chance at a, at a spot there, but um, you know, Caleb's come down and, and been a—he's you know, been a great player coming through yep. um, the, the Penrith um, junior system there and, and been around and for a while as a genuine fullback. So now we've got a, a bit of depth there as well as um, you know, fullback options um, if we need it.
1: Yeah, mate. You, you mentioned Bailey Simonson and you know he's had a, a bit of a wretched couple of years with the injury, but. When he has played, he's really, really impressed. How's his injury looking? And is he going to be ready if needed for round one?
3: Yeah, he'll, he'll be ready. He um, He's, yeah, well and truly on track, um, come back in. And, you know, he, he's very much like uh, Nick. Obviously, we lost Nick Kotrick um, yeah, and, and get Bailey come back from injury. So um, he, he's flying. He's um, had a great off uh, pre-season, so... Mate, he'll certainly be ready to go in the early well round one, um, and and no doubt he's looking to make up for lost time of last year when he's yeah you know, out with that uh, shoulder injury.
1: Yeah, mate, semi as well. Like his progression, especially in the latter part of the year, was was pretty amazing. Was was he impressing during last preseason? Like, or was this kind of just an out of the blue sort of thing from him?
3: Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess when you're you with with the guys all the time and yeah you know, through the preseason, they're you know what they're capable of and, um, you know, and, and then they get their opportunity and, and really bounce out and take that opportunity, which a lot of these guys have, um, you know, like you said, Sammy Valimi, um, you know, Adam Cook, Eddie Tomoko, these, these sort of guys that are just, uh, you know what they've got and then they get their opportunity and really grab it with both hands. So it's, uh, it's good to see that going on and um, I think there's a couple more that, that might pop their heads up uh, throughout this season which is um, you know exciting and, and can't wait for that
1: yeah it must be really exciting to get Curtis Scott back especially with all his off-field stuff now sorted how's he looking in the pre-season
3: but it's been great for him he's um, been able, to, obviously last year you know uh, as you can imagine he had a lot on his plate a lot of a lot of stuff going on um, had to deal with off-field um, issues as well as injuries um, he's been able to put all those, that behind him now and, and just to concentrate on footy. And, um, yeah, he knows that there's some heat coming from these, these younger guys within the squad. And, um, the younger outside backs that are training really well and, 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 pushing Curtis. And, um, he's, he's one of our leaders at training with, um, you know, how hard he's training and, and the work he's putting into it. So it'll, um, uh, no doubt benefit his game and, uh, looking forward to him having, to him having an injury-free year. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, and um, only having footy
1: to worry about. Yeah, mate. Now, sometimes a blessing in disguise when something bad happens. When Josh Hodgson obviously did his ACL, but you unearthed Tom Starling. I remember watching him for for Newcastle a few years before that, but he was nothing like the player that you guys developed last year. Tell me a little bit about kind of Josh's progress. Is he going to be ready for round one? And maybe a little bit about the plans, because I'm assuming with a Harvey in there as well, there'll be Will you be carrying one of these guys as a utility on the bench?
3: Yeah, well, for, probably firstly with Josh, he's um, he, you know, the sort of sort of guy Josh is. He is, um, I'd imagine, it, the, the physio's worst nightmare, where he, um, <laughs> he he pushes well ahead of where he's supposed to be with his injuries. He wants to go you know, when when um, you know, they're telling him he's at a certain stage and can only do things with his knee at the moment. He's uh, he's pushing them to to the next steps so um he's well and truly will be ready to go um you know he, he trained, there's no one that really no one trains harder than hojo here with you know trying to get back on the field um in yeah quickly and you know with tommy getting plenty of um tom stone with plenty of experience last year and getting that confidence i think it's done him a world of good with his confidence has been able to be the nine and 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 um, you yeah, know plenty play plenty of game time, which is really good for him. Well, we're, we're really lucky with Lever uh, being able to play as a middle role mm. as well. Yep. Um, so you yeah, know, playing him as a middle, and then if we need as a as a hooker, um, you yeah, know, once Hodjo's back playing eighty minutes, uh, it's nice. You know, you need the, the backup plans, so it's nice to have um, Lever there, whether. Yeah, you know, Lever's got a fight on his hands to make it as a as a middle as well with the, the depth, but yeah. um, his utility values, um, yeah, you know, fantastic. So again, that's another area of our squad which is just going to be a um, so a, a fight for competition. Um, yeah, you know, which is in in pretty much every area of our um of our squad at the moment. That's, yep. Those little fights are going on, so that's great. And um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's. Uh, the pressure's on the stick to, to uh, pick the team <laughs> now, which is exactly how we want it, and um, yeah, ideally the the perfect fit for us.
1: Yeah, competition's so fierce, mate. But with Hojo, could he play lock at a pinch?
3: Well, it, it, there at, um, at some stages last year, he'd um, he he would would uh, bring Lever on and, and um, play Lever for, for ten minutes as a the nine to give yeah, uh, Hojo a, 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 yeah, yeah. a bit of a rest throughout. Um, yeah, without having to take him off and, and make those extra interchanges. So uh, it's certainly certainly a, a, a style we we could go with, um, you know, come, in, come into the season where um, we can keep Hodjo out there playing the minutes uh, but give him that break and that freshen up. Um, and he, he certainly he can do that really well yeah. um, as playing that, that middle role. And then you have, you know, Someone like Starlo who will come on and, um, you know, he's quickie out of dummy half and can um, lift the intensity of our, our style of play for – give it a little boost and, um, and then you have Hojo come back in and, um, you know, take over for the rest of the game. So there, there's a couple of di- different options we can go with, which is, um, you know, it's nice to have that.
1: Yeah, mate, right edge. He, he lost the best in the world in John Bateman, but – you guys were really lucky to pick up Corey, obviously, mid-season. And then Hudson Young really came came on promising last year. Jesus, he can fold a guy, mate. How's how's the two fellas and how's the competition for that spot going?
3: Yeah, Huddo um, had a bit of an injury last year as well and, and took a little bit of time to find his feet getting back from that. Um, it was a, a knee injury and uh, he was playing, but not probably playing at 100%. So the off-season's been able to give him that, um, time to get that right and find his feet again. So he, he's training really well. And then you've got, you yeah, um, know, Corey, who's, yeah, is a brilliant attacking option for us. Um, you yeah, know, he, he brings so much to us on that, to play on that right edge. Um, so it's, again, it either or can play, you yeah? know can translate into the, that four men, that back row position on the right edge or play in the middle for us mm. um, and, and give us something different through the middle as well with the other late feet um, in attack. Um, so it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, you know, who, who gets that the, the nod there.
1: Yeah. Who, like out of the two of the blokes, who do you think, like, kind of ball plays a little bit better?
3: They've got the... They're different. Xavier, um, um, you're, you're talking ball playing, kind of like um, in a,
1: more of a distributor. You know how, like at the moment, a lot of, as you know, someone like a Radley or Murray, they separate the halves, kind of like a more of a link man, just to kind of separate and use that. Would either of them kind of suit that more than the other?
3: Yeah, you probably like Hutto's greatest strength is line running um, and his late feet at the line. So you probably wouldn't want to. Um, uh, take that away, um, and and much the same with Corey. I guess on the left edge with Elliot is probably more that style. Yeah, yeah. Elliot, so um, yeah, a he, number of times he swirled it in as a, a as five eight for eight. us. Yeah. Um, so he's probably more that style. Where the other two have got the, the late feet, and obviously Corey with his the more explosive run, he's you know, big, powerful, and um, can run a really good line and 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 break through the line that way. So not sure whether you'd want to take that away from, from either of those in a ball-playing role. Okay. Um, yeah, on the left edge, we, we have that ability to, to do that. Um, but on the left edge, you, you don't want to take the ball out of uh, Jack White's hands either. So, okay, uh, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, again, healthy to have those those options available.
1: Yeah, mate. Harry Rushton's coming with some big raps, 18-year-old from Wigan in England. What can you tell us a little bit about Harry?
3: Extremely fit, mate, he's, you running in Is well, mate, or? Yeah, he's probably a uh, more tall and lean style of player. Okay. Um, he, he, he probably needs, uh, needs a bit more time in the gym to, to really fill out up top, yeah. but his fitness is uh, incredible. He's uh, come over here and, and really taking his opportunities. you know, in the pre-season with making sure he. He leads the fitness, um, you know, working really hard. But he's only young. He's only young young he's only 19. So, um, yep. yeah, he, he's got a bit of time ahead of him to, um, you know, to, to stronger in the gym, feel out a bit. Um, and really interested to see, you know, his sort of style of player. When you talk about a back roller, the ball-playing back rower, he's got really good hands and would probably suit that uh, style of, of um, you know, being able to play. Um, as, a, as a ball player as okay. well. Yeah, nice one,
1: mate. Really impressed with what I'm seeing in photos and videos of Ryan James. He looks like he's back. Can how how's his progress going? He's looking mighty fit, bud. Yeah, he's um,
3: he's a specimen, isn't he? Mate, he, he
1: with he, his shirt every, off. Every, Yeah, every photo you give him a bit of stick about that, mate. Jesus Christ!
3: Front rows didn't look like that in my day. <laughs> 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 no, he's a um, yeah, mate. He's great. He's he's. Again, just getting his confidence back with his knee, um, you yeah, in, in around contact, um, getting all, all that back, as you can imagine, coming back from two knee recos that, you know, it does take a little, little bit longer. Uh, so he's getting his confidence back up. And, um, yeah, he's getting used to it all again. Um, you yeah, know, finding his way into, uh, our sort of defensive systems at the moment. So. Uh, but really looking forward to what, what he adds to the team, um, into the forward pack. He's always been one of those players that, um, you know, he's got that in- intimidation factor. Yeah. Um, so I can really add that into, into our style of play.
1: Yeah, a couple of younger blokes that, you know, this is even more impressive that you guys made a prelim when you consider that both Imre Gula and Corey Horsborough didn't play in the semifinal series and most of the back end of the season. Mate, how are they with their injuries, and kind of what do you kind of see next for their progression in the team?
3: Yeah, well, they both went out quite early in the season, so they've been out for a, a long time, and they both had injuries where uh, they they weren't major, but were long term um, sort of injuries where they we've really had to manage them um, coming back to running um, and not not rushing them too much. they they're back. They probably. Started the the season, um, um, yeah, without a lot lot of preparation going into the pre-season in, in terms of running, they uh, sort of starting from base, a bit behind most of the most of the other front rowers. So they've been doing a bit of catch up, been doing the, the work to, um, yeah, the extra work to try and get up there. So I, they'll both be ready to go um, for round one, and really for both of those. Uh, their next progression is, is becoming yeah, cemented starting front rowers for the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, big job, big job ahead, you know, obviously with you know, Taps and, and Papa. Um, <laughs> yeah, Papa's probably one of the lead front rows of the, the comp at the moment, but that's really for the, the young guys coming through, that's their, what they're chasing now is um, to be our, our, our leading front rowers, our starting front rowers. Um and there's yeah there's every opportunity from this year to, to push into that and um, and become that, that that style of player.
1: Yeah mate just with Corey Horsborough, one of my favorite players, such a character fires up, he's a redhead. mate does he fire up at training?
3: <laughs> he has his moments, but um he's he's worked really hard on controlling that um, and and that's the thing now is, is using it uh, using it in the right way. You know, it's great to have aggression as long as it goes into um, in the right areas. And he's, you know, he's really matured. I've, I've seen a big difference in his pre-season with his maturity levels, in around, you know, how he plays with his emotion. You know, he's an emotional player. He likes to play aggressive. He likes to put his whole heart into everything, um, and just making sure he uses it the right way. He's. Uh, He's one of those blokes you love because you you know you'd love to play with because you know he's going to put his heart and soul into everything he does, and uh, yeah, we it's easy to see that from uh, sitting in the grandstands that that's the style of play he is, and um, yeah, we love him for it.
1: Final question, mate: Is anyone else that I didn't mention in terms of young blokes anyone else that we should put on our radar to to maybe have a look out for this year?
3: Well, I, I never like to put, um, pressure on, on any of the guys individually, but, um, look, there's, there's probably some, a couple of young, um, front rows that are, you yeah, they're going well, um, and, and yeah, behind a very experienced pack, but may start to pop their heads up throughout the year. So, um, you know, young JJ Clarkson, uh, and Atomari, Mariota, um, young kids going really well that might be a little bit of time off. Um, Xavier Savage has come down with massive wraps as well um, as a uh, come down from Queensland as, as one of the juniors um, who's got amazing turn of speed um, and, and um, yeah, really uh, enjoys the physical side of the game or enjoys that, that training so um, he's probably an outside back also to, uh, whether it's not this year, the following years that um, no doubt we'll, we'll hear more of them Awesome. Um,
1: their names. Oh nice. I'll put them on the watch list. Well, Whitey, really appreciate you joining me on the podcast, mate. All the best for two thousand twenty one. Really looking forward to seeing you guys play and I appreciate your time to this afternoon, mate.
3: No worries. thanks for having me on. Thank
1: you. All right, boys, let's now wrap this fantasy stuff up. Now big three for the Canberra Raiders. We've got Jack Wyden priced at seven hundred and twenty two K with a break even at fifty four. Josh Papali, same price, same break even. And the other one, the number three, was Joseph Tarpany. 653k at a break even of 49 but you're a big fan of jack white and corby so let's start with you what's your thoughts and is he on your radar for classic
2: yeah he's on my radar for classic and even draft but i mean apart from your first pick you can't really choose who you're going to get in draft so you gotta just react a little Mm. he's he's got that good base stats I was a big supporter of Georgie Williams. I had him last year. And for someone that's known for such a ball-running game, he still gets 12 points kicking a game. He's got the 10 points from his running. Yep. So he's got that good base stats, and then he can get over the white line. And he had five doubles last year too, which
1: is very cheeky if you're an owner. He loves touching the ball, loves that left side the only thing I was with Brett with Josh Hodgson back is quite an interesting one, because Wyden took over that second part of the season. Forty-eight average for the rounds one to ten, round eleven to twenty, he averaged sixty. That's probably what got him that deli Georgie Williams is a reverse right. So just a little bit of stats from round one to ten, he scored fifty-three, and then round eleven to twenty, he scored forty-two. That's some very interesting stats because once side of the seasons with Josh Hodgson. The other one's without him. But I'm a big fan of Whiten because I've had him the last two years. So he is on my radar. It's going to be between him and Munster in my halves this year. Andy, what's your thoughts on on Jack?
0: I'm not on him, mate. Eh? I think he just took a lot off uh, Hodgson. When Hodgson comes back, he takes a lot of the kicking. So Whiten took a bit of the kicking off him. So I think George Williams' uh, kicking me didn't really change when he, when he went off. So it was all Whiten took over. So I think he's overvalued for me. Okay. So, um, I won't be up in classic, not early on anyways, because even last year he had a slow start. Yeah. He had a couple of games below 30. Had two 72s, but average of 46. Mm. Um, I think he would definitely drop in price. But a Dalian
1: uh, player of the year, he's much unloved too. Ownership of only 3%. So if you're looking for you know, something like we just mentioned, because Munster's really high already, I think it's 19%. So that probably might be the kind of tip towards Jack, but I do get your point as well. Let's move on to Josh Papali. So Big Papa, best prop in the world, ownership of 5%. As I mentioned before, break even at 54. Really was one of the best props, again, average of 54. Andy, thoughts on Josh?
0: The dad bod rig.
1: How good is it? I don't know
0: how. (laughs) The dad bod rig like that can be so consistently good. Like, I think he's 58 or 51, 50s. Uh, 54. Last year, he's yeah. just unbelievable. So, I I will pick him because he did drop down the last couple of rounds. He went to, from 784. He topped, and now he's 722. So, I see value in picking him because he's definitely gonna he will rise in price. Yeah,
1: Corby, we we've, we've mentioned before in the first podcast with Broncos. We're kind of all avoiding Husk because of the price. You see the replacement that you're looking at.
2: Yeah, he, his minutes did drop down a little bit, but it seemed like they were resting a few of the Raiders players towards the back end mm. of last year. He's still got that average of 54 that Andy talked about, where his average minutes were 53. I see him in those bigger games in the finals. He was getting around that 60 minutes. Mm. I can't see him not getting around the 60 minutes because he's just too good for them. Like He has to be on the field. Like, he is a massive part of their team winning games. So I see him around the sixty minutes, and that should bump him up a little bit because his points per minute was the one point zero two. Good. Yeah,
1: so he could kind so of be quite bit 60, 56, 57 really this year, right?
2: Yeah, I'm thinking that. So oh, Papali is big time one that I'm looking at in that middle.
1: All right, boys, nice little start for us. So we might even, if I can work out buttons, <laughs> having a shock. I was just, I'm still in the the green machine. It's just got me this song. I just want to play it again.
0: See you bobbing your head.
1: yeah, (laughs) Guys, Joseph Tarpany, interesting one. With with Bateman gone, I think the Raiders are looking for that next gun back rower to really take him forward. But again, not loved at all. 1% ownership. Does have a PPM of 0.93. So it'll be interesting to see what minutes he gets. But last year, average of 52, which was a huge rebound from 2019 where he was hurt a little bit. Average of 29. But... I'm, I'm looking at him a little bit because I know someone needs to step up and I know that the right edge, like he won't be playing right edge he'll be playing middle, but he does have the ability to play on the right edge too. He just has that X factor for mine. Yeah. And at 650, I'm seriously considering. Andy?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, he has that just great play the ball lock ability. So I think he was 51 average points with second row and lock last year. So if he gets a lot of time at 13, which I think he will, we've got Hudson, Young and Corey, Mm. which definitely got to be on the edge. So uh, I'm I'm for him. I think I would pick him up.
1: Corby, does the depth that Canberra have and just the lack of clarity around minutes, does that put you off any of these guys?
2: Stop reading my notes. Yeah, I'm (laughs) big time worried. You, you, You look at their bench.
1: Hold on, hold on. For me and you... You they're,
0: they're a team this Tuesday. So
2: Starling, I'm thinking, is gonna be played on that bench. And then remember or oh Hodgson might go back to that lock position. Then yeah. you've got and Hudson Young what? and um, Corey we're here and Ira like, whoever takes that uh second row spot, then they're gonna be battling. You've got Horsbrutt and Gula. Well like they've just got and then so I haven't even mentioned Sutton, James, Soliola, have Is right down the list. You
1: know what? I think you know why he kept mentioning Havili, and he played every game for Canberra last year. I think he's Ricky's favourite. I think Starling's going to be out of the team, not Havili.
0: It's that um, what do you call it? What's the word? Well, the ability to play more than one. Yeah, that's the one. Versatility makes him a lock. So, yeah, I just think is too good of a player to take off the field. Mm. Yeah, he's 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 got great
2: stats, great stats, and I'm just yeah worried about the stack bench and minutes.
1: Big time. All right, boys, let's move on because I think this is probably the next position we talk about is the the right edge. Bateman's gone. There's two contenders, Young and Corey Naira. Biggest problem right now is CHN, I'm going to call him so I don't smash his name, but <laughs> he came in at 310k, so everyone smashed him. He's, he's already got ownership like 35% or something. It's something crazy. So I'm going to say something controversial. I hope Hudson gets the position. That's going to mess everyone's fantasy teams <laughs> and make everyone try a little bit harder, but... Hudson Young at the moment, five hundred and ninety nine k and a break even at forty five. He had a great year, Corby. You really like him, don't you?
2: Yeah, I just he, he's got such a high ceiling. Like well, Andy alluded to um, once you're part of the hundred club, you can't not uh, acknowledge that. So he's got that really high ceiling. He's attacking stats.
1: Yeah, but if he didn't gets it he right, score hundred against the Dragons.
2: Yeah, he had a good day. So, <laughs> we you know, opposition. A The drag is a bit unlucky that day. A few <laughs> calls went against him. Uh, yeah, and like he didn't get much time last year, and so I think he he sort of had to earn his spot. But now Bateman's gone, I can't see him not going in there. Just the the Hudson Young is just got that grunt. I'd like him more in the middle, but I'm not Ricky Stewart, and I won't be making that call. But it is going to hurt a lot of people because. Depending on who they name for that first round, Mm. there's easy chance that Ricky changes at round two
1: and just stuffs people. Big time. Big time. Just don't get locked in. And the other thing with Corey, I had him in 2019 in draft, but following him closely and just going back to his stats from that year, he played 21 games. In terms of scoring in 50, because that's our kind of benchmark we like, a score of 50, he only did it seven times, and he also had an 120 game that he had against the Cowboys. So even though he averaged 43... I think people are going a little bit too far ahead of themselves in terms of fantasy. They're just seeing that price at 310, and I know that he's break even small at 23. But like Corby made a great point about him rotating people. I think people just got to be very, very careful that he might be in and out of that team a lot. Andy, any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, like with the 100 club, he has had a lot of lows too, 22s, 24s, and look, they could lose you a game. You could lose by... Ten points, and if your Corey's getting you twenty-two points one week, mm. you're going to be upset. So you're going to want to drop off, drop him off and get someone else. But uh, if he, in saying that, if he does start a three ten, I think everyone in their man, man, their dog's are going to have him in their tank.
1: Pretty much, mate. Pretty much. I think it's nearly yeah too hard not to pick him up. Boys, let's move on. Josh Hodgson. A couple of years ago, he was very fantasy relevant. 2019 hitting at 48, disappointing year. Obviously, did his ACL, and only up until that point was was averaging 38, but it comes in nicely at 502K. Ownership's at 5% with a break-even of only 37. So it's going to be very interesting. New rules might suit him a little bit with the strips and points that way. Does the strips, Corby, does that entice you at all? Is he on your radar?
2: No, not really. He's one of those good players, but not fantasy. Doesn't mm. transfer over to fantasy relevant.
0: For Probably the number one player like that.
2: Yeah, and when you've got someone like Egan, who I'm yeah I'm thinking of chucking in, who's 60k cheaper, and you know there also is a little bit riding on who's going to play on the bench. So teamless Tuesday will be uh, pretty vital in that one. But yeah, if he gets that 50 average, then yeah, he's a definite choice over Josh.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And Jaden Braley's another one you'd probably pick up a little bit cheaper. If you're he, he headed towards that kind of 450 mark, I think he might be a good pickup. But are you on our wagon too, Andy? I
0: oh, am. Yeah. I think with uh, what um White was saying, if he does come in – and what you mentioned earlier, if he comes in and goes to the 13 position and doesn't get off the field, he mm. still rack up a bit of points. So there's, there's a bit of potential for him to still maybe keep putting along at 48, 49, 50, because the yeah. Kim is a gun, a gun side, and he does create tries. So just doesn't hasn't done in the past.
1: Getting older, come back from injuries, stick one on the watch list, just not probably one that we're picking up from round one. Yeah. All right, let's stick with the Englishman and have a look at George Williams. We mentioned a little bit of stats just when we'll go for Jackie Wyden, but 642K has a PPM of 0.64. Ownership, again, not loved at all. 1.4% break-even of 48. Andy, let's kick things off with you. Georgie Williams, is he on your hit list?
0: Yeah, like you touched on earlier, uh, he didn't sort of uh, go worse or better without Hodgson there. So I think... He will still be on my watch list at six forty two. He's a consistent player, and he his first time to NRL, and he handled it really well. So yeah, I can only see him going upwards. Well, he's
1: not a hundred k less than Jack. Kind of scoring a lot better with Josh Hodgson, his countryman. Corby, does that entice you again back into Georgie Williams?
2: Nah, he's, his price has risen too far. Look, when I'm looking at Lockie Lamb and uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita mm. over at the Warriors, I I think they're better choices, and then that opens up a little bit more coin for a a bigger half going to um, your Cleary or your Whiten. If you can steal a bit more kicking and a bit more consistency with positions with the hooker and second rowers because it was a bit chopped and changed last year, I think that might help him as well. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not not really looking at him.
1: Yeah, I guess his break-even is a little bit too high at 48. Considering his last 10 games, he only had an average of 42. Probably a little bit too much risk, right? There's probably other players on the table too that you mentioned and probably Fogarty as well that probably probably deserve that cash a little bit more.
0: With the 1.4%, though, if you're looking for a pod, not too bad. Potential, yeah.
1: He's got a little bit of potential, but, boys, let's keep moving on. It's not a too bad one. All right, let's kick things off because wing of fullback, especially probably your second or third pick, not always good, to, not over great to get a good one, but Charles Nicol Klostad, he's probably in that kind of category. That second second tier sort of fullback winger fullback had an average of forty two in two thousand and nineteen, declined in two thousand and twenty down to thirty nine, which is not too bad for fantasy because the break even now is only forty one percent. Again, not love, two percent ownership comes in at five hundred and forty seven k. Andy, kick things off. Is he on your watch list?
0: No, nah, not for me. I didn't show enough in the last couple of seasons. Like, is he a consistent winger fullback to have mm-hmm. on the on the uh, on your three, but not for me for classic. Maybe the only thing that might light a fire on his belly is RTS leaving the Warriors this next to year. To go home. Yeah, go home. He could maybe want to uh, put yeah, a little potential that. to sort of play a little bit better and cement a spot back there because they're going to be missing a fullback. That's an issue. No RTS. one's actually
2: said
1: that. Corby, what's your what's your take on chance, mate? No,
2: nah, he had five games in the 20s and one at 16, 2020. 20. They're too low for his price in that 550K. He's, he's a trap mid-ranger. I'm, I'm looking at a... To tra- a big gun or, or even a few
1: better value. Okay. No, I agree with that. So let's keep moving on, boys. Now, let's have a look at a few value picks. Now, the big boy, he's back, ja- Ryan James. He's back after not even playing a game in 2020. Last played 2019, average of 38. Before that, he was a mainstay in most fantasy teams with an average of 52. But it comes in at 454K, which is probably a little bit too high for someone who hasn't played really much footy. What eighteen months? Break even at thirty four. For me, I'll take this one. I'm, I'm going to say probably avoid and just be on the watch list. No guaranteed minutes. We just don't know enough intel. We know he's training the house down, but <laughs> that old cliche. Oh. Boys, you support me on this one?
0: Yeah, come back after two knee injuries. It just that would hurt your mental state, wouldn't it? And did you be so temperamental, like oh, I'm going to do another one, or what's going on here? So.
1: Yeah, Corby, we've spoken about this. I thought he was going to come more in at a three hundred k
2: Yeah, I reckon he should be cheaper. But, yeah, I'm not going near him either. Just have to wait. See if he gets – even if he does make it into that team, he's only going to be coming off the bench.
0: And the rotation problem you've been mentioning all all day. Mm.
1: Yeah. Now, boys, let's finish things off with a little bit of spice it up. So some rookie watch. So the first one – and Brett White actually talked about him, you know, quite extensively in the the interview that we had, Matt Tomoko. So – Comes in at 275k as a break even of 21. Now, ownership is only at 3% right now. And we all know that, you know, Jared Croker is coming back at this at some stage, maybe around that round three or four. Corby, would you punt on Tomoko to get a little bit of a good start and maybe even push Curtis Scott out of this team?
2: Yeah, well, powerful, strong ball runner. He is what you want in fantasy, isn't it? He had four. Tackle breaks and 137 meters in that game that he started. Mm. Uh, I I will be closely following. Yeah, it's just it is a tough one because you know Croker's back early round, so I'm not sure how long he's going to stay there. He could be one just to chuck on your emergency because it sounds like he might be there at some point. Um, and then you'd just be sweating on Curtis Scott's form.
1: Yeah, I'll be very interested to see the trial to see which whether he replaces Jared on the left or he, he. positions him on the right because if he goes on the right edge, Curtis Scott could be in a little bit of trouble because that means they're probably seeing him as a right center. Andy, your thoughts on Tomoko?
0: Well, Whitey almost always uh, – sorry, he talked up Smith Shields as well. So if if we go on a rig alone, mm. I'll be picking Smith Shields. He's like a what's Tom Starling sort of rig. It's have you seen
1: Tomoko's rig? He's big too, man. Like they him. must have some <laughs> impressive training sessions down there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I also don't know if he takes out uh, Curtis Scott's spot. He's there for a reason. Yeah, luckless last the season last year, but as Whitey said again, he's all focusing on football now. So he might be a play. Could be a potential difference if he starts to get a bit of form going.
1: Mm. Some bargains there. The last guy on our list, Bailey Simonson. Now his ownership's a little bit higher at nine point eight percent. Does have a little bit of you know more experience than the other two boys that we did mention. Does have a really low PPM of. 0.27. His break-even for this year is 18 and 246k to pick him up. I think people are getting a little bit too carried away with Bailey at the moment. Like uh, he's a good player, but in terms of what he's done previously in fantasy, I can't see him going anywhere past the emergency. Andy,
0: no, I'll be looking at other wing of fullbacks like i said it hasn't shown much for me so uh, yeah We look not for me not on my radar
1: yeah emergency for me but in that price range as well corby there's tessie new and there's also uh the young bloke from the dragons uh figi so are they more on your radar than than a bailey
2: yeah big time i'll be chucking them in it'll be a bit of a rearrange and play around with your team but i don't see him he's way down the list for the chiefies for me yeah yeah like you said just on his past, like 2019-30 average last year, the 26 average. Yeah, he, he needs to perform a bit better to make my team.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we've had too much agreements this this week, <laughs> but that's only because these teams are all made the top four. Next week, we've got Newcastle Knights and the Cowboys. There's going to be plenty of spice, plenty of chat, because these teams, especially at that brink of the eight and outside the eight, new coaches, all sorts of little things happening, and I think we're going to get some good chat next week, boys. But... Appreciate your input, Andy. Thank you. Love it, boys. Corby, thank you. You have something on your mind. You just look like you want to say something.
2: (laughs) No. No, I don't have anything on my mind. I'm just excited. I was actually just working out who my team was going to be.
0: He was thinking about the night. Hey, boys, how many times have you changed your team?
2: Mine's twice. The app is so good. Say that word, Josh. Saved it, saved it twice. Horrendous. Yeah, it's been pretty ordinary. But, yeah, I um, I think I made 10 changes in those two teams. Yeah,
1: I'm Did up you- to 60, I think.
0: 60 times?
1: Yeah, easily, easily. I had Moylan. I, I sent him a screenshot of my team and I had Moylan, and he gave it to me So I didn't remember. Yeah,
0: well, that could, that's because you bagged me when I was talking him up the other day. <laughs> if you have more in your team, I will bag you as well.
1: <laughs> all right, guys, it's, it's bye for now, but make sure you follow us on all the socials and get involved in also the tipping And also the Fantasy League. But we'll catch you next week.